Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. My name is Sean. I'm your host, and we've got another exciting day in the world of tech news today. So let's go ahead and get started with your tech download for Thursday, August 10th, 2017. So now that the smartwatch craze seems to be fizzling out just a little bit, companies are now looking for the next big trend in wearable tech. Token, a smart ring from a company called Tokenize, is looking to be the one ring to access everything. The smart ring will be available in seven different sizes and includes a battery that's capable of powering the smart device for up to two weeks on a single charge. Charging is handled by taking the ring off and placing it into a docking cradle that is connected to a standard power outlet. Some of the notable features of Token are the secure element, which is an EAL5 plus certified secure element to keep all of your private information safe, a fingerprint sensor that you use to scan your fingerprint when you put the token on to activate and unlock all of your credentials, an optical sensor so that Token knows when you remove the ring and it immediately locks all of your private information, and the fact that it is decentralized, so you don't need an account or anything else to use Token, and they claim that they never send any of your credentials to any of their own servers. Currently, the most usable function for the token smart ring is the fact that you can use it for wireless payment systems similar to Apple Pay. Currently, you can pay at over 15 million places by adding your MasterCard or Visa. Going beyond just wireless payment systems, Tokenize is also looking to partner with makers of smart locks to eliminate the need for house keys by giving you secure access to your smart lock via the token ring. The token ring also has the ability to securely save all of your passwords, and Token says they're working with hundreds of different companies to bring an end to passwords completely. Tokenize also hopes to be able to store Transit Authority transit cards into the token ring and says that it already is working with 50 different transit systems worldwide and another 30 going live in 2018. The token ring can also be used to unlock and activate the start button of cars that don't require a physical key, and they already have a current check car compatibility list on their website. Unlike some of their potential competition, Tokenize seems to be going the direction of being a much more multi-function, multi-purpose device, as opposed to just being a typical fitness tracker. Now, Tokenize obviously has some pretty lofty goals and some pretty big ambitions, so it'll be interesting to see how many of these partnerships they can actually get on board, and how useful the token ring actually is once it's out in the wild. The only real competition I've seen for something like the token would be the Motive Smart Ring. But the Motive Smart Ring, again, is much more geared towards fitness tracking and sleep tracking data, and is more of something you would get to replace, say, an Apple Watch or another type of fitness tracking smart band. So it's a little bit different, and it's not really in the same league as what Tokenize is trying to do with the token. I personally still get a lot of use out of my Apple Watch. I enjoy getting certain notifications on it as well as being able to use some of the fitness tracking data that's available. But I have to admit that it mostly is something you could probably live without. And being that the smartwatch fad really has kind of fizzled out in the past several months, it's hard to say just how well something like a smart ring will do, but I'm still fascinated by the idea of it. I'm curious, if you guys were to be interested in a smart ring, would you be more interested in something like Token that's more of a security replacement type of device or something like Motive which is much more geared towards fitness tracking? Let me know. Andy Rubin, one of the co-founders of Android and the current maker of the Essential Phone, swears that the Essential Phone is not vaporware and that it will be available soon. The company initially said that the phone would start shipping in June, with Rubin claiming that the delay was due to the fact that the handset was still awaiting certification with mobile carriers. It now seems that we can expect the phone to be arriving either at the end of August or early September, with a more firm announcement on its official release date 
coming next week. The Essential Phone does have an exclusive deal with Sprint to be the only carrier in the United States to carry the phone, and it was just recently announced that Essential did take a $330 million investment in a recent round of funding. It's estimated that the company now has a valuation of a billion dollars. It's gonna be interesting to see if the Essential Phone is gonna be a little bit of a case of too little too late, Obviously, we have the iPhone 8 or whatever that's going to be called, as well as the latest version of the Galaxy Note getting ready to launch soon. But really, I would have thought the Essential Phone would have been trying to compete more along the lines of something like a OnePlus, being sort of that flagship tier phone, but coming in at slightly cheaper prices. However, since the price for the Essential Phone was announced at $699 plus an additional $50 if you want to purchase the additional 360 degree camera add-on, then we're really talking about flagship type pricing. And while the Essential Phone is made out of premium materials like titanium and glass, um, it's still going to be interesting to see how many people actually care that this device is actually coming out and what kind of sales numbers they'll be looking at. I obviously have one of these on pre-order and fully intend on putting it through its paces and testing it out, but I'm starting to wonder if it's going to be able to come anywhere even close to what my expectations for the Essential Phone were when it was first announced. So are any of you guys interested in the Essential Phone and do you think that it's going to do well or do you think it's just going to get kind of drowned out in all of the iPhone 8 and Galaxy Note hype? Let me know what you think. Facebook could be looking to take on YouTube with its own recently announced online video service, Watch. It's been known for quite a while that Facebook has had a lot of plans to ramp up its video offerings, but today it launched its new service that could give YouTube and Netflix a run for its money. Watch comes in the form of a video tab on the Facebook website, Facebook mobile, and on its Facebook TV apps. Content is delivered and organized in what's called shows, which would be the equivalent of a YouTube channel. Currently, Facebook has only opened the platform up to a very limited pool of content creators, so it's not available for everyone to post content for just yet. On the content creator side, it's presently being tested with just a handful of users in the United States and will gradually roll out nationwide. Facebook is funding some shows and inviting independent creators to sign up for the platform on their own as well. Once you've been included into the Watch program, you'll have a show page, which will look similar to how Facebook pages look now for corporations or brands that fans can follow and find all of your video content. For the viewer side, Facebook has included a watch list that lets you save episodes to catch later. You'll also be able to discover videos based on how people interact with them, with the experience looking similar to what Facebook Live video looks like now. Facebook does have intentions of being able to allow content creators to monetize videos similar to how YouTube has its partner program allowing all content creators to be able to profit from their efforts. The social network plans to introduce ad breaks will eventually allow ad revenue generation to take place on watch eventually as well. Facebook is also said to be looking to compete with Netflix. Supposedly, Facebook is offering multi-million dollar budgets for 30-minute episodes. Obviously, with its large user base of 2 billion active users, Facebook has a pretty good opportunity on its hands if it can get content creators on board and create content that's worthy of capturing viewers' attention. So what do you guys think? If you're a content creator out there, would you be interested in creating video for Facebook's new watch service, or are you going to continue sticking with the tried-and-true YouTube? IKEA announced today that it's adding HomeKit compatibility to its existing smart bulbs with a software update. New multicolor bulbs are also coming in October. IKEA had already announced earlier in the year that HomeKit integration was definitely coming to its line of smart bulbs sometime in the fall. So it looks like IKEA not only kept their word, but was actually able to get it out ahead of schedule. 
One key feature of the update is that it does enable integration with the Philips Hue Bridge Hub without requiring you to actually buy the IKEA Gateway Hub as well. So this is really nice because if you already have Philips Hue light bulbs in your house and a Philips Hue Hub, you can now add additional lights from the IKEA line and have them all work and show up inside of your Apple HomeKit app all without having to purchase any additional equipment. I personally am a big fan of the Philips Hue system and I already have my Philips Hue Hub connected to my smart lock, also connected to all of the light bulbs that I have in my house that are Philips Hue bulbs. But the idea of being able to buy some additional bulbs outside of the Philips Hue range and give me some more variation in the different types of bulbs that maybe I can get from Ikea that maybe are not available from Philips is really cool to me. And it's nice that I don't have to have an entirely different system or a different app to control all that. So I definitely give Ikea big props for not only allowing their bulbs to be compatible with the Philips Hue bridge, but also for HomeKit and Apple for making all this stuff work together so seamlessly. So the question is, is this enough to make you wanna purchase any of the Ikea branded bulbs and go outside of the Philips Hue ecosystem, or will you just continue to stick with the Philips Hue branded bulbs? Let me know. It looks like a prototype of the Xiaomi Mi Mix 2 smartphone has leaked online. And wow, if it looks anything like what these photos look like, it is going to be probably the most beautiful looking smartphone I've ever seen. After appearing on Geekbench benchmarks early last month, a photograph has now been published revealing the prototype of the Xiaomi Mi Mix 2, and it looks absolutely amazing. The Xiaomi Mi Mix 2 has a lot of high-end specifications like a Snapdragon 835 processor, six gigabytes of RAM, and Android 7.11 Nougat as its operating system. Although no specifications for the phone have been officially announced by Xiaomi, it is expected to have a high-end AMOLED display, 19 megapixel main camera, and a 4,500 milliamp battery. If you combine all those specs with the way that this phone looks, if you find it online, just go ahead and Google it. It is absolutely gorgeous, and this will definitely be a smartphone to keep your eyes on, especially if you live in any part of the world where you're able to get Xiaomi phones. So here's a question. Are high-end specs and a killer design from a Chinese manufacturer enough to make you consider purchasing a phone like the Xiaomi Mi Mix 2, or will you stick with flagship phones from companies like Samsung and Apple? Let me know. Future MacBook Pro machines may have access to four terabyte SSDs thanks to Samsung's latest VNAN chips and boards. Samsung announced a one terabyte VNAN chip that it expects to be available next year. Initially announced in 2013 during an unveiling of the industry's first 3D NAND, Samsung has been working to enable its core memory technologies to realize one terabyte of capacity on a single chip using VNAN structure. The arrival of a one terabyte VNAN chip next year will enable two terabytes of memory in a single VNAN package. What makes this interesting is that Apple currently uses two of these boards on its MacBook Logic boards, one on each side. With the arrival of the one terabyte VNAN chip, that would mean that Apple could now have a maximum capacity of four terabytes. That's a lot of storage, especially when we're talking about SSD storage, which is obviously extremely fast. Whether or not Apple actually offers this is a whole nother story, and when you consider how much Apple puts a markup on storage and memory size increases, it could make for an extremely expensive MacBook Pro. Even if Apple or other companies don't start using this technology right away, it's always good to see that this technology is continuing to push forward with memory speeds and sizes continuing to increase year after year.
Images of Garmin's latest smartwatch have leaked online. Images revealing the design of the new Garmin VivoActive 3 fitness tracker and watch have been published on numerous media outlets. One of the most notable features that can be ascertained from the photos is that the Garmin VivoActive 3 will be the first watch from the company with a circular display. The VivoActive 3 is expected to be completely waterproof and equipped with an optical heart rate sensor as well as the ability to track the number of steps, stair climbing statistics, and more. Unfortunately, no other information or pricing is available on the new Vivo Active 3 just yet, but if you're a fan of the Garmin Vivo Active line or just looking for a new smartwatch in general, then you might want to keep this in mind over the next couple of weeks. So how many of you guys out there are still wearing smartwatches, and if so, does the Vivo Active 3 interest you? Let me know. And that's going to do it for another tech download here on Gadget Reason Radio. Thank you to everybody who's favored the station and everybody who has subscribed via the podcast. And if you guys don't mind, do me a favor, share this out to anybody you know who's also interested in the latest tech news and opinions. And that's going to do it for me. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.